Welcome to Copy Chief Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Rogers. This is the show where you hear directly from all the experts at copychief.com how to write better, sell more, and have a greater impact using the power of your words. Let's do it. Hey, welcome back to Copy Chief Radio. It's Kev Rogers here. It's the Chief, and uh, we're going to have a great discussion today about interviews. You know the power of interviews, right? It's not only a way to get great information from people, to learn from people. It's a great way to network your business. There's right and wrong ways to use interviews to network. You don't want to be that that goofy person who's clearly trying to use interviews as a way to pick people's brains that will give you a very bad reputation quickly but there's some really cool ways to use the art and craft of interviewing something i appreciate a lot as a way to expand your reach grow your business and provide great value to your your tribe your listeners so my guest today is fabian Raphael, who's a fantastic interviewer herself she has a popular podcast and her URL is marketingtocrushyourcompetitors.com. We'll link all her show, or her podcast, and she has a special link for us here at Copy Chief where she'll give you some cool goodies. So, Raphael, thanks for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Or Fabienne. I'm calling you your last name now. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry, Fabienne. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so, uh, you, are, you live in Montreal. Are you, are you French-Canadian? Yes, I am. So you were born, born and raised in Montreal. Yes, I was. Very cool. So how did you get into interviewing and when did you sort of discover the power of it? Wow. that Actually, that's a long time ago because I have to say that as a kid, whenever there was a family gathering or a big party, I would be the one holding the mic and hosting the thing. So asking people to interact and entertain people with it. So I've always been kind of like more comfortable being in front of people and interacting with people. It's something that I really enjoyed. And then along along the way, well, when I started my online journey, um, while I was having this a call with a blogging coach, he suggested me, well, maybe to grow your business, you should start a podcast. And then I was like, what is that? And mm. I went on, d- did some research and got my tutorial on it. And I was finally able to, to launch a podcast. But then he was like, maybe you should do an interview-based podcast because you love to interact with people. You have great social skills. And it's a great way to not only learn along the way as your as, as an online business owner, but also to share great value with your audience. So I decided to go for it this way and I can't, I'm addicted to it. I mean, more than 230 episodes later, I'm still there and still enjoy talking to people, interacting, having great conversations and sharing great value with my audience. Yeah, that's great. So what do you love about it? The interview process? Like what are the parts that get you excited? Hmm. Well, especially knowing about all the these different people, because with with the time people come and try like they contact me to come on the show, first of all, or I get referrals from people that 
already came on the show. So it makes me discover a lot of people from all around the world and also from different niches and different expertise. And each time I conduct an interview, I learn something. And that's what I, I love about it. It's because you, you never you never can send out a place where I have nothing to learn in life. I mean, and then just interacting with the person it's, it brings a lot of value and it's, it's connecting with someone. And this is what I love the most. Yeah. Yeah. It, and so what, tell me about the evolution, you know, over 200 and what'd you say? 30 episodes, man, that's a lot of conversation. How has it evolved for you when you look back to your earliest interviews to where you are <laughs> now? What, what are some of the things that evolved? I barely can listen to episode one because uh, it's, it's the first episode where I introduced myself and I had written everything on a piece of paper. I'm just reading it out loud on the on, on the episode and I'm totally shy. I'm not myself. I'm not moving behind the mic. It's as if I have no expression, monotone. Um, so and then the other interviews, the first one I did, I was a strong believer into the interview flow. So always asking the same question to people until until I got to a guest that uh, told me uh, that it was it was not the way to go because what happened is that during that interview, she was very uh, closed to answer the questions. She was answering yes or no only, and I would see that she was uncomfortable and kind of like pissed to be there and at the end she was like can I give you some feedback I was like yeah sure and she's like don't take it personally I was like yeah okay so <laughs> she said well asking the same question to everybody I mean she didn't she didn't feel it was the good thing to do and then she was like well you should have done more research on me and then you would have asked me better questions crafted things that I would be able to answer and she's like I could totally see that you're not experienced like that you're beginning as a podcaster. So the great ones, they do research. That's what she told me. And then I realized that, well, first of all, she was right because I was kind of hiding behind that, the yeah. interview flow thing. So it was not asking me so much effort all the time because I was always asking the same question. I knew all the, the questions by heart. And then at a certain point, you don't listen anymore to what the person is telling you. You're just mm. punching the next question. And that's what she was she was telling me. She was like, it's as if you were on a on an agenda and wanting to push the next question and then see if you could make it in those 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I learned from that experience that it was better to just do great research on the, on the guest and see which angle the guest has not spoken about yet and what kind of links I could do with what, of course, my audience wants to hear and all that stuff. So I would say that I evolved in that way. And also with my personality, because as, as a beginner, I have to admit that I didn't really know what I wanted to project on my podcast. Mm. And of course, you hear people, you want to be like them, you want to see, like you want to not necessarily copy them like line by line, but inspire yourself from them, but then you don't sound yourself. So I right. feel that when I started, I didn't sound, my, sound myself. And along the way, I was able to find my true self personality and being able to truly enjoy podcasting as I do today. Yeah, that's great. Mm. It's it's interesting. You know, I had John Lee Dumas on my other show, Truth mm -hmm. About Marketing, and it was interesting to me because I did not ask him about asking the same questions to every guest, but mm -hmm. there was a moment where he took it upon himself to defend that, right? And he was mm -hmm. clearly like really passionate 
almost emotional about it. And so uh, uh, I guess he gets asked that a lot. Like, isn't, doesn't it bore you or drive you crazy to ask everybody the same questions over, you know, 1600 people at this point? (laughs) And he, he really believes that that is the power of the show. That is what makes the show great is that everybody gets the same chance to impress his audience and they know what the questions are going in and it's how they color within the lines that make it special and unique, right? Hmm. So what's your thought on that? Well, I would say that maybe it's because his audience is so used to that. If he decided to change it right now, they would be kind of lost in the system, let's say, if they've been used to that and this is why they subscribe to the show, Mm -hmm. then, and it's a winning strategy for him, that's pretty good. But in my case, when I, when I tried, when I tried it and I realized that it was not a good fit for my show and I switched it, the results that I got out of it was, were way better than what I got when I was always asking the same questions. Mm -hmm. So I went on and was able to get confessions, declarations, people sharing very personal moments on the show. Um, and I don't feel that I would have been able to do that if I would stick on the same agenda with the same amount of questions. That's my own yeah, opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. I think I, that would drive me crazy. I have one question that I ask to every guest because I think it's interesting question and it, it, it provides me a bit of a highlight reel, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I could string together like we're doing top, you know, we're calling it, you know, 10 great, you know, 10 great answers or whatever it is. And so I could, you know, it's a way to promote the show. So I think some similarity, some predictability is helpful, but otherwise it's so much more interesting for the guest and the host to have a conversation. And it's those moments that you're not predicting that go off script, you go down a rabbit hole and that's where both parties are really plugged into the moment. I think the listener has the same response to it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I would not say that it's not good to prepare your questions in advance. Well, of course, you want to you want to do great research and want to be ready. But I think that sometimes when you're having a true conversation, you're able to craft the answer, like the best parts of your guest answer and then go on this tangent where you want to have more details on this and more details on that and not feel kind of prisoner of your interview flow and having to ask those questions. So that that's what I don't like, feeling that I have to ask all these questions. Right, exactly. Mm. Like you're trapped within the script yeah. or something. Yes, yeah. exactly. All right, so let's talk about how to use podcasting and interviews to connect with influencers, expand your reach, grow your business. And like I said up top, there's a right and wrong way to do this. So <laughs> give me your experience. Yeah. Well, first of all, I I started using that strategy right from the start. So when I started reaching out to people for my podcast, I wasn't afraid to reach out to any influencer that I would want to be on my podcast. And of course, <laughs> I did a very wrong strategy using templates. I have nothing against templates again, but it was not really personal, the type of emails that I was sending. So I just blast a lot of people and see who would answer. And of course, 
it worked because a lot of people came, but of course I received a lot of no's also. But then I was like, well, it's a numbers, it's a numbers game Mm -hmm. until I got this personal email from someone that told me, well, I could definitely see this is a template email. Why don't you find out what I'm doing and what I truly can bring to your audience? So next time you find that out, reach out again, and then I'll see if I come on your show. I was like, okay. You've been (laughs) guided by criticism. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that was like really at the beginning of of my show. So then I figured "Mm, maybe it's right. Mm -hmm. Even if it was like, it was the first time that someone was very blunt about it. Usually people just ignore and they don't send any response, whatever. They don't reply to your follow-ups. But that one, it, it hit me again. I was like, yeah, maybe he's right. Maybe if I tried to make it more personal, it would have been it would be better. And and now when I'm trying to reach out to people, I I really I really make it personal because I think this is the best the best way to to get a yes. So connecting with influencers, of course there are bad ways. As I said, sending templates or just asking for something right from the start instead of saying how you could bring value to that person first. And I think that people are too focus on uh, what they can get before what they can do for that person. Sometimes it happens that I receive personal messages or emails from people that I don't know asking me to connect them with someone else that I've had on my show, for example, and Mm -hmm. I don't know where that person is coming from or what they've been doing or what's their objective with that. So I feel like kind of, okay, so <laughs> I don't know you and all of a sudden I should, I should just reply and say, yeah, sure. Uh, let me introduce you to Kevin Rogers, for example, right. you know? Yeah. So, so I would say the focus should be what can you bring to that person first and then it'll be easier for you to connect with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. it's one of the simple rules in business. Think first, how can I provide value to this person, right? What's in it for them? And yes. if you can check that box, then it's a nice way to approach somebody because you are very persistent and, you know, we all get a lot of requests and I just don't like when I notice more and more people are hiring companies now, right, to go out and promote them and, yes. and try to land them, book them on podcasts. And it's interesting because a couple of times I've had companies come to me with a guest that I've been meaning to invite mm-hmm. and it's almost... It, it, so it's kind of convenient there, but at the same time, I read how they're representing the person and I and I sort of feel like that's not at all why I want that person on my show, right? Mm-hmm. It, feel, yeah. it feels like you said templated and it feels like it's just going to – if I'm thinking of it through that lens, it feels like it's going to be a very stilted, canned conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tend to avoid – those those sort of agency requests to have this you know important guest speaker or, or whoever on the show, but mm-hmm. I I'm also conscious at some point I'm going to run out of people I know and <laughs> really really want to talk to. But you know, let's talk. But about I guess it. there's I guess there's always a way, Kevin, to express how you work and how the interview is supposed to be. And if it's not within what the person yeah. is looking to get, then they just refuse. Because right. it happened that I wanted to get this woman very, very popular on social media and the online marketing world. And when they replied, they were like, well, she will come on the show if you send the interview flow before. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is against my values. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't work like that. Yeah. So uh, 
she just refused. Yeah, sure. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. And the yeah. other the other side of that is sometimes I'll agree to the interview because the person I'll roll the dice, right? Because mm-hmm. I'll say, well, they do have some interesting credentials and they've been, you know, some cool results. But again, it's like, I don't know if the agency's representing them like more of a robot or that's how they really are, you know? And mm-hmm. so my goal on those interviews is like, how do I, what am I going to say to pull this person into the moment? I don't want their canned answers, you know? Yeah. And I usually say just the beginning before we hop on, I'll go, look, I just want to be honest with you. I don't know much about you. I'm looking at research, but, you know, I don't want quicker. We can get away from what you planned to talk about when you came on the show, <laughs> the the happier I'll be and the better my audience will be served, you know? And they're like, Oh, okay. I was like, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get the URL in and we'll hit the high points or, you know, but yeah. I please don't give me the, the prep, you know, the, the stump speech, right? Well, it shows it's annoying. Also I've, I've done, I've done the experience. I've, I've said like, earlier when I was doing my show, I sent the interview flow before and you could definitely see that the person, first of all, like it's as if they stop and it's as if like there's a, you know, a question mark and then they stop there or it's, it's fully scripted. And I'm like, Oh my God, like this is taking away all the, you know, like the, the fact that it could be. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's the word. (laughs) Humanness. Awesome. So let's, I want to talk just, quickly about how it's grown your business like give us the you know the recap so obviously you've and by the way i want to point out i love your story is one of like progress over perfection you know you started out enthusiastic about it made some mistakes along the way but you've adjusted at every turn and whenever you respect that people will take the time to give you feedback and you take it to heart right so yes i I love that you've been successful you certainly deserve it what does it look like for your business from now to then? The podcast has been able to bring me a lot of opportunities. First of all, great relationships with people. Um, For example, of course, with over 200 interviews, I'm not close friends with 200 and more people that's been on my podcast. But some people I spoke with, I connected with more. So I kept the conversation going and the relationship growing. And now they're my friends. So I could say that this is how Brian Kurtz became my friend. This is how... Well, this is not how you became my friend, but we met at Brian Kurtz event. So if I wasn't friend with Brian, then right. I wouldn't know about his event and I would have met you. Uh, so it, it led to a lot of great relationships and friendship. And with the circle of influence growing, I have a better, of course, I have a better circle of influence because when you connect with people that have been there before you and make you learn things along the way while your circle of influence grows and you have no choice of growing yourself also. So this, I think this is the the biggest thing that it has brought me, but also opportunities to be featured on major publications like Forbes and Inc, more clients, people referring me because they've been on my podcast, they've heard my stuff and they know the work I'm doing, so they refer me people. So this is everything that has has brought me, and that's why I guess I'm so addicted to it. Because bottom line, all human beings wants to want to connect and want to see how they could help each other, and yeah. and podcasting is a great way to do that. But it also extends to great opportunities. Yeah, fantastic, awesome marketing to crush your competitors.com. 
I wouldn't be the first to give you advice on shortening that URL, um, but <laughs> I, I know you. <laughs> it's established now, so that's advice that you are probably smartly ignoring. You can go to marketingtocrushyourcompetitors.com forward slash copy chief and get some special goodies from Fabian and uh, uh, the podcast is marketingtocrushyourcompetitorspodcast.com. Do I have that right? Yes. Yes, Boom. you did. <laughs> so again, you can find all those in our show notes at copychief.com forward slash CCR. Fabian, this was great. Really enjoyed talking to you again, and we'll do it again soon. Yes. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you dug the show. Come on over to copychief.com. That's where you'll find all the backlog, all the transcribes, all the show notes, and all the free weekly copywriting tips. Copychief.com.